And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. So there's a lot of fart humor in this movie, actually, which um, is unexpected. And, uh, you know, the kid shits his pants and all that, and it's, it's really cute. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast. On the Athletic Network, it's Monday, October 25th. I'm J.E. Skeets. Alongside me, as always, we got Tass Mellis. Thanks to everyone for joining us. It means something. It really does when you think about it, you know? We got our top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. hey yo. Hey, yo. Hello, the international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Mm, 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 and last, mm, mm. certainly not least, making the magic happen from the woods, it's producer mm. JD. Hello. There he is. Here we are. You okay? What are you going on Survivor? I'm, I'm practicing. Uh, <laughs> my, my setup out here in the woods, and uh, I haven't eaten in three days. Uh, ready to go, Jeff. Put me in. <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, shout out to the stream team for joining us live here on YouTube. Apologies for uh, starting a little later than normal. Please make sure you subscribe, like, comment, and share the show. As some of you know, we're trying to get to 50,000 subs by Halloween. We got less than a week to do that. Six so, days, buddy. Let's get to clicking, let's get to sharing, let's get to subscribing. Uh, fun Monday show, our first one, believe it or not, Lee, of the season. Uh, <laughs> we were talking before uh, we fired this up. Feels like the NBA season's already like four or five weeks in, though maybe that's because we've had three NBA seasons in the last calendar year. <laughs> Regardless, it is our first Monday show with an NBA weekend full of games. We always do winners and losers, and we're going to get to that. And we asked for yours as well in the stream team, in the comments below the video, on Twitter. But guys, the ultimate winner of the weekend, us, the No Dunks fans, because we got wedgie number one, baby, Friday night, Lee's good friend, Patty Mills, (laughs) sticks our first one of the season there on the right side. Yep, pretty nice there from uh, Patty Mills. I I like that he decided this year to start the season, I'm only going to hit three-pointers, never miss those, and then I'll just, when I miss a shot, I'll make it a wedgie. So there it is, number one, wedgietracker.com. What do you think? Thanks thanks a lot, Patty. Yeah, coming off the bronze medal there for Australia, and he's like, we haven't had a wedgie yet. Uh, You know what, guys? I'll give you one. I'll get the ball rolling here, and he did that beautifully. Stuck it in there nicely. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, though. Not feeling it, unfortunately. No, yeah. You know, let it breathe, <laughs> yeah, Marcus. Yeah. Like, right away he tapped that yeah. thing out. Uh, nothing said on the broadcast as well, unfortunately. So we're yeah. still looking for our first one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Those, yeah. those national Golden broadcasters. There. Yeah. His name's Patrick Sammy Mills. I'm always surprised by it. He sandwiched it in there, right between mm. the rim and the backboards. <laughs> yep. That's okay. One mm. down... Uh, Hopefully, what, 58 to go if we want to set another record-breaking season? We want 59. We want 60, because that's a nice number. But uh, 58, the all-time record set last year in a shortened season 
But we got these new Wilson balls. We've had some close calls, Trey, but it's okay. Number one, and, and here we go. We know they come in bunches generally. I'm surprised we didn't get another one over the weekend. Yeah, I was pretty bummed to see that we're on pace for only 49. Does not look good when you see it like that, Skeet. And honestly... I don't think that would have been a wedgie last season. I think Patty Mills would have gotten the foul call if we were still mm-hmm. on the ground under the other saying, rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. like uh, on this uh, this this first wedgie, they probably would have been called for a foul. And if the clock stops, would we have counted it? Yeah, because yeah, we're sickos. We're absolute <laughs> sickos. We need that first wedgie. But it would have been a close one. Hopefully, we got a big week coming up here. Yes, and again, I keep seeing people generally on Twitter say, well, what about that one in the Nets Bucks game from opening night way back when? Well, no, we talked about it. Uh, Jordan Noir had stepped out of bounds well before the wedgie actually occurred. So yeah, you know, after the whistle, we're not, we're not usually counting it unless it's bang, bang, especially on a shot, but that's okay. Patty's counts. We got number one, but let's get into the winners of the NBA weekend. Lee, we turn to you first here on a Monday morning. Who is your big winner? The unbeaten Charlotte Hornets, 3-0 and for the first time in franchise history. And Sunday's win, easily their best because it came on the road against the Brooklyn Nets. And they were led down the stretch by Miles Bridges and Ish Smith. <laughs> you know, I've never, ever seen a press release with a team announcing they've signed Ish Smith, ever. But every season, you'll be watching a game and all of a sudden it's like into the game comes Ish Smith. You're like, oh, I guess he's on the Hornets now. Yeah. You know, and in that fourth quarter last night, he gave the Nets buckets inside, outside, setting up his teammates as well. And he was so good that LaMelo Ball, the star of the team, the leader, the franchise guy, said to James Borrego, the coach, ride Ish Smith. I mean, what incredible maturity for a young guy like LaMelo. We know he loves the limelight, the spotlight. He was chopping it up with Jay-Z before the game there. Mm -hmm. He's in Brooklyn. You know, he wants all the attention, but he's actually showing he's more interested in winning games. And I think that's really, really a good sign here for him and the Hornets going forward. Now, their other two wins have come against Indiana and Cleveland, okay? And they they have to come back big against Indiana to win. And while they managed to keep the Nets below 100 yesterday, the big question going forward for Charlotte will be how sustainable it is to win these games when they have Mason Plumlee as their starting big. Because other than him... It's basically PJ uh, Washington and Miles Bridges as their other big. So to me, you know, they've given up 120 points in those other two wins. Last uh, last night it was only 95 there to the Nets. So mm-hmm. you would probably would have thought the Nets would have been the team that could score more with Harden and, and, and Kevin Durant against them. But that's going to be the real question now for Charlotte going forward is, is this sustainable? Because offensively, I think they're fine. They seem to have plenty of different weapons and, and Terry Rozier's to come back as well. So they've got guys who can score and fill it up. But man, when you look at that depth chart, in the middle, and big men, they are very, very thin there. So they've gotten away with it so far, but going forward, I'm, uh, I'm not sure how long until that sort of sort of blows up in their face a bit where they're like, hang on, Plumley's our best big and he's going to be starting and playing heavy minutes here. So, you know, good start so far. Very enjoyable team to watch. Super fun game yesterday. Came back at two against Brooklyn and, and Brooklyn in their home opener. You would probably expect them to come out and get the win. They were leading, but uh, couldn't get it done. And Kevin Durant was very good, as we expect. James Harden, not so good. And uh, the Nets in general, outside of uh, Kevin Durant, didn't have a whole lot really going for them. So uh, very impressive win from uh, Charlotte. Very impressive uh, performance from LaMelo Ball, as I say, because he, you know, you would expect a young guy to say, no, I, I, this is my team. I want to get out there and close it out. But instead, he was happy to sit back and, uh, and, and let Ish Smith pick up the win for his team. <laughs> yeah, Tass, I think you shared it in the offseason or maybe it was, that, no, excuse me, it was one of the season preview shows. Uh, Ish is on his 12th team. Is that correct? Is that the number we're up to with him? 
12th franchise. I love tweeting that. Yeah, he's tied for the (laughs) all-time NBA lead with Chucky Brown, Joe Smith, Tony Massenburg, and Jim Jackson. Wow. 12 franchises. People will say, Anthony Tolliver, what about him? (laughs) They do, do, yeah. But he he went back to several of his previous Ah. teams, so that doesn't count. 12 franchises for Ear Smith, still in his early 30s. And, uh, yeah, he could easily get to 13 next year. People will also say, what about Jeff Green? Well, he's at 11. He's coming. He's coming. And I I think Lee brings up a good point about uh, LaMelo Ball being humble enough to allow that to happen. I know he dresses in yellow and and matches his clothes to his car, but there's something about this guy. I think he is a bit of a humble humble superstar. We saw that uh, article in The Athletic where he went to his coach's house in the offseason. Joe Varden wrote about LaMelo going to chill with uh, James Borrego's kids in the pool and how he's a good dude and all that. I'm, you know, I'm buying the personality and how he comes off as this, if you don't know him, as this, you know, arrogant prima donna type of player just by looking at him, I guess. Not not the way he comes off, but uh, I think he, he not only can chop it up with Jay-Z, love hearing Lee say chop it up. But, <laughs> totally, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but he also can chop it up with James Borrego's Children, his 14 and 15 year old kids in the pool. The guy can do it all. Uh, so yeah, he was cool enough to let Ish Smith go. I, the James Harden thing, I know we'll get to later, but yeah. Whoa, this guy is affected by the rules. Uh, Trey brought up that Patty Mills rule and, and the way he took the bump, and that's James Harden. Anyways, we'll get to that. There's yeah. something going on there. Uh, but uh, yeah, the, the Hornets. Um, hard not to buy into them a little bit. I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not. Lee brings up some good points. I'm not. I'm not ready to go all the way there. I think. I think this one's partially on the Nets there. Who we'll get to. Well, if we're doing our uh, MIP rankings right now for most improved, I think Miles Bridges is running away with this award. I know there's some other great candidates, but this guy's on fire. Trey. He's averaging 25 points per game through three games, uh, and he's shooting lights out. 54 percent from the floor and uh 44 from three on a lot of attempts this guy is filling it up and he's like the perfect guy to run alongside Lamelo. and we saw flashes of this last year i know people stopped watching the hornets at some point last year especially after the hayward injury and then even the uh ball injury but he in like the final six weeks did put up numbers and he is continuing to roll here like this this could be a legit 20 point per game score maybe not 25 but he's been he's been amazing well, I, uh, I mean, 20 points would be great. Even 18 points would be great, but he was awesome over the weekend. 30 against the Cavs, 32 against the Nets. He just runs the court, he cuts, and he goes hard to the basket every mm-hmm. single time. And LaMelo is on a different level passing at this point right now. So if somebody's open, he's getting the ball. Like, I think LaMelo Ball threw a pass through Jared Allen's hair this weekend. I don't know how that <laughs> happened. He was the pro. Right? Like, yeah. like I, I watched that clip so many times. How did that go past Jarrett Allen? It doesn't make any sense. Leads to an easy bucket for the Hornets. But, yeah, they have caught the league on fire once again. Everybody's like, this is going to be one of the best league pass teams coming into the season. And they've been even more fun to watch uh, thus far. And, yeah, kudos to LaMelo saying, yeah, go for it, Ish Smith. 12 franchises, zero press conferences. <laughs> it sounds like a line from J. Cole or something like that. But uh, the Hornets have got some swag going on right now. Uh, LaMelo coming to that franchise. I mean, it didn't save the franchise. The Hornets aren't going anywhere, but it no. really put them on the map. And it really energized Miles Bridges. Like, I don't know that any of us would have picked LaMelo and Miles Bridges being the perfect pairing out there. But once LaMelo showed up to Charlotte, it took Miles Bridges' game to the next level. Yeah, I'm already getting hit with the what about this guy with Mm. my MIP Mm. call with Bridges. A lot of people pointing out Tyler Hero maybe, Jordan Poole one weekend. Yes, they are on the most improved 
table. They're at the table. Uh, yeah, in the conversation at the table. We'll have <laughs> to take. Table. We'll have to go get some like Greek food or something and take another photo of us all sitting mm. at a table so we can bring that up when we talk about MIP. But yeah, Bridges has a uh, has really impressed, and the Hornets are one of the only teams in the league. I know we'll get to the uh, one of the other ones in a second here <laughs> that are three and zero in the association, uh, and they're fun as hell to watch, and they play a fast pace. And right now, defensively, they're holding up. You're right, Lee. I mean, I think they rank like. You know, middle of the pack, generally, uh, defensive rating only through three games. But, yeah, we'll see with the bigs. You know, we had a lot of P.J. Washington as their center uh, mm-hmm. last year going sort of small, him being, what, 6'7 or something like that. But the plum dog, you know, he could give you some minutes. He can, he's <laughs> yes, fine. He can. The plum he's dog is going to be must-watch TV. That's one of my dumbest hot <laughs> takes from early in the season. But he rolls to the basket hard, and he can jump, and LaMelo's going to throw the oops. Like, we've already mm-hmm. seen a lot yep. of good Mason Plumley dunks from early in the season. Get your Plumley stock now, because it's rising. <laughs> okay. Okay, I love it. Uh, well, let's keep it moving here, because we have so much here on Mondays. Um, Hornets are a winner. Task to you next. You go on team player who's your big winner of the NBA weekend? Well, the Portland Trailblazers, they got a W. Mm. And they got a W in a unique way for them. They said it couldn't be done. They said the Blazers couldn't play defense. (laughs) They had the second worst defense last year. They bring in Chauncey Billups. That was their biggest offseason acquisition, although I love the Larry Nance pickup. But Chauncey was brought in to be their head coach to turn that defense around. And Saturday, they romped the defending Western Conference champs, Phoenix Suns, by playing D. Chauncey Billups said after the game, to his team, y'all imposed y'all's will. Defense should be fun. It's fun like that. Then he also said, we played as good as we can play, to be honest, uh, which I thought was funny. Can't play any better than that. It's <laughs> uh, October, buddy, buddy. Yeah, that's it. You peaked, Chauncey? Uh, I, th- I think it, what he was implying was that he tried to install these, these the new part of the defense, basically the big coming out and pressuring a lot more on ball handlers out there. And that's going to take some time, he said. So it's all right that we lost the first game against the Sacramento Kings. But he was really surprised game two that they bounced back like that. He said it looked like we had six guys out there. And a lot of the guys throughout the preseason have said, we believe in Chauncey. We believe in Chauncey. And I think that's what it all comes back to. It all comes back to believing in your coach and playing hard D and, and breaking those bad habits, as Chauncey said. Because I do forget that during Damian Lillard's run, this team was decent on defense a couple of years. It's easy for me to forget just because they were 29th last year, but they were eighth. They were 10th, you know, under yeah. Terry Stotts and they were middle of the pack. And so are they willing to sacrifice uh, for Chauncey Billups? And uh, I, I think there's, there's a possibility, I, you know, who knows if it keeps up, but I think Chauncey was surprised that it happened in game two. And he also wants a little bit of a change on the offensive end to hopefully help the defensive end. Now you might think, uh, Dame doesn't need to change on the offensive end. They were they had the second best offense only to the Nets last year. Why the heck would they have to change? Well, they're moving the ball a little bit more. This team that you know ranks basically at the bottom of assists every single year to hopefully keep Dame's legs going, to keep the the backcourt a little bit more engaged on the defensive end, and to also just have everybody else touch the ball more on the offensive end because then everybody wants to play on the defensive end just to be yep. more of a cohesive unit. And uh, I think uh, you know Chauncey. Uh, he was on the Clippers bench last year beside Ty Lue, and he got that helped get that team to the Western Conference Finals, and it was a real team atmosphere, how they all came together. A great article on The Athletic about the coaching clinic that Chauncey Billups had at his house in Denver during the pandemic. Six weeks, Ty Lue came over and just hung out for six weeks. So did Damon Jones. 
So did Jay Doodles Carter. That's his nickname, the cousin of Ty Lu. And uh, Bill's brother, name, Rodney. Uh, put that name in your database there, Trey. Jay Doodles, Jay Doodles Carter. Carter. Doodles yeah. Carter, I guess one one name. That's the entire last name. We'll go with that. Uh, <laughs> right. There's okay, a bo- that's pretty Feels cool. like a Booby Gibson. Anyways, they had like a yeah. six-week uh, a, a six week little clinic to try and get Chauncey to, to show Chauncey how you get, I guess, get. I mean, it was a lot of X's and O's, but I'm sure there was a lot of motivational tactics and all that. Uh, but yeah, everything, even though the Blazers are just one and one, if they can get anywhere close to top 10 on the defensive end, their offense is going to be great. Right. And all this talk about the Trailblazers, stealing, and stealing some talk from uh, reigning MVP Nikola Jokic, there's just too many Western Conference teams to talk about. So I always have to point out that they're stealing some thunder from Jokic, who had probably the pass of the year on Friday night. Um, skipping it across it was a ridiculous <laughs> pass. But anyway, uh, Billups, only negative thing that happened to the Blazers on Saturday night was that he got hit with cold water as they celebrated his win. He said, you couldn't find any room temperature water, man. My head's freezing. Uh, so uh, good for the Blazers. They can get back up there, I believe, to, to being a decent defensive team. Uh, I just wanted to show CJ McCollum some love too here early in the season because I feel like I haven't heard a single word about him, maybe outside of Blazers fans, sort of uh, on social media channels. He's averaging through two. It's only two, I get it, but... He's averaging 31 points per game, so he's gone for 34 and 28. And Lee, 6 mm. for 11 from downtown in both of these games. Mm-hmm. Um, this isn't nothing new with McCollum. He has stretches like this where he's on fire and, uh, and and gets buckets in a hurry. But I think it goes to what Tass was saying a little bit there where there's like a little bit more of everybody eats and just keep the ball moving and we're going to get better shots. So great start for CJ McCollum there. A, a guy that, of course, has been coming up in trade rumors for the last, I don't know, feels like two seasons now, but he's balling right now. Yeah, he is. And uh, he started off last season really hot before he got injured Mm -hmm. and kind of he was maybe close to getting an all-star nod last season, but he just missed too much time. So, yeah, we know he can get 30 points a game fairly comfortably on on any given night out there, uh, but they just need that good, consistent production from him. But I think, as Tass says there, the, the, the Blazers really are going to be a better team if they can defend like they did against the Suns. And maybe the Suns came in a little bit complacent, had a nice win, their first win of the season on Friday night. Uh, but the Blazers jumped on from the start. They punched them in the mouth. And uh, this one was over in a hurry, which, you know, that's, that's the thing with the Blazers. I'm not convinced about them defensively, but going up against the Phoenix Suns, they were obviously locked in uh, and, and knew that they were going to come for them. And, uh, and, took care of it so good but yeah cj look he missed out on all-star last season and uh, and he said he didn't mind because he knows he's nice with it and he is he's got a very very nice game and that's why you know fuck your hip today <laughs> were you just on tiktok all weekend God. With phrases? <laughs> I think it's so cool <laughs> yeah you know it just happens but uh no but you you can see why like i i don't see like simmons getting traded for uh damien lillard but you can see why the bla- i think if you're the sixes if cj's available that's kind of what you need because he is a guy who can create and get his own shot. He doesn't necessarily need to rely on, obviously, Joel. He's got the three-pointer. He can get inside. He can do all that. So um, you're not going to get Dame, but uh, you might get CJ if the uh, Blazers are in for that. But, you know, we don't yeah. need to, we don't need to start no, talking no, about no, trade rumors right now. No, and we'll get to more Ben Simmons talk later in this show. Oh, good, uh, good. Unfortunately, in yeah. a weird way. Um, all right, let's go to TK, who's riding high for being honest right now. Trey, I mean, <laughs> the Sky win the WNBA title. Your Atlanta Braves. Braves are headed to the World Series. Uh, I think some of us are going to be trying to buy World Series tickets oh, yeah. here, maybe while we're doing the show. Uh, and your Bulls, my goodness, the Chicago Bulls are a perfect 3-0, one of the rare teams right now that are 3-0. And uh, yeah, we know that's your winner of the weekend. 
among other ones, I'm sure. That's right. Three teams are 3-0 and right now. The resurgent Warriors, Lee's Hornets, <laughs> and of course the six-time NBA champion Chicago Bulls. And now! <laughs> Fun weekend for the Bulls. They smacked the Pelicans on Friday night in their home opener. Zach Levine finished with 32 points. Honestly looked easy for him, but the big star on Friday, I thought, was Lonzo Ball. 17 points, finished with a triple-double, three steals, and a block. He was just everywhere. Like, that looked like all-star Lonzo Ball, if I'm being quite honest. The highlight of the night, his 10th assist, a fast-break alley-oop to Alex Caruso. They celebrate oh, afterwards oh, sick. with the headband. The United Center was going crazy. LeVar Ball was there saying, I got to go see the Bulls. I'm not going to go see the Hornets. Sitting courtside, <laughs> dapping up Benny the Bull. I was getting messages from noted internet Knicks fans saying, I hate how much fun it is to watch the Bulls because <laughs> that Friday night game was fun. They're shy slam a jamma now. On Saturday night, somehow they played the Pistons again for the second time in three games, deed them <laughs> up again, took it back to 1992 again, 97-82 victory for the Bulls. But the interesting thing I thought on Saturday night's game, Zach Levine, not a great game. 14 points on 18 shots, but DeMar DeRozan held it down. He had 21 plus six assists. Last season, the Bulls had no chance to win a game when Levine would play poorly. So that was fun to see after the offseason and people saying, how are these guys going to fit? Well, the fit is one of, one of them's having a bad game. The other one can actually play a good game. The big highlight on Saturday night, Lonzo Ball again, swatting beef stew Isaiah Stewart at the rim for a dunk, led to a breakout on the other end. Bulls are 3-0. Zach Levine hasn't won four straight games in his NBA career. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I'm excited to see how they look tonight going up against a slight level up in competition. Right, right. Pistons, a not a Come great on. team. Come on. Pelicans, Come on. not a great team. Raptors, a better team. Better, team. A team Thank that you. has been playing Thank together you. for a while. I think that's going to be the big thing. Like, the Pelicans are trying to figure things out right now. The Pistons are trying to figure things out right now. At least the Raptors know who the other players on the team are. So, right. theoretically, it should be a little bit uh, tighter competition tonight. Yeah, for sure. I was uh, I, I saw something like, oh, the Bulls have only played the Pistons and Pelicans. Yeah, they should be 3-0. and And you're right. They got the Raptors tonight. They could beat them. Should be a closer game. Uh, who knows? But then the Chicago Bulls schedule, it gets insane. They play the Knicks, okay, the Jazz, and- the win. Celtics, win. Sixers twice, <laughs> Nets, Mavericks, and, and then a five-game road trip uh, to California, basically. You know, you got the ah, Warriors, the rodeo Lakers, trip. Blazers, Nuggets. <laughs> My goodness. I mean, it keeps going. Really, their easy game on the schedule is like late November, I guess, against maybe the Pacers or Rockets. It's uh, uh, it, that's It's going to get very, very difficult. But, hey, 3-0 and and looking good. And I know you got some other sort of mini uh, winners of the weekend, Trey. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the Utah Jazz, much like the Bulls, the Utah Jazz are also undefeated. They're 2-0, and and so far, Rudy Gobert is unbeefeated. <laughs> JD, roll that beautiful beef footage. <laughs> Rudy Gobert had 20 rebounds. That's back-to-back That's a lot of roast beef, which is rebounds. Yeah. Yep. 
Oh yeah. Back-to-back -back beefs for Rudy Gobert, clearly in the lead for most valuable beefer. He became only the third player since 1971 to have consecutive 20 rebound wow. games. Wow. Yeah, I know. That's pretty crazy. Who, who are the he other ones? The, the other two players. Kevin Love? No. Wow. Kevin Willis? Guess. Kevin Willis. Huh? Going hard on the Kevins, huh? Yeah. <laughs> can, can we get a Dennis? Yeah, Kevin Dennis oh. is one of them. Yeah. Dennis Rodman. <laughs> the other one is more recent. Happened in 2019. Drummond? Five straight games. Drummond. Drummond? Good guess. No, that's no. a fair guess. Another, uh, I think it was Beefer of the Year Capella? Last year. No. There no, you go. No. Clint oh. Capella. Oh, oh nice. Uh, uh, 2019, like I said, five yeah. straight 20 rebound games. Wow. Dennis Rodman did it four times. All of them five or more uh, 20 rebound wow. games in a row. Holy and crap. prior to that, it's like NBA 75 guys. Wilt Chamberlain. Bill Russell, Bob right. Pettit, Nate Thurman, and of course, Jerry Lucas, among yes, others. Yeah, shout out to Jerry Lucas. You can't take Jerry Lucas <laughs> off the list as far as I'm concerned, but nice stuff from the Jazz. They're 2-0. Go Bears out there rebounding. Nothing has changed for the Utah Jazz, but there was another fun moment uh, from this game, at least for me. This was uh, the Sacramento Kings home opener on Friday, and for whatever reason, anytime there's a Kings home opener, Brad Miller is going to be sitting courtside. They cut to him. He's an all-star for the Kings back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> and my man was partying. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna take my horse to the old town yeah, road. This I'm could definitely be old town road. They're like, we're gonna keep the camera on you till you stop dancing. And he did oh, yeah. it until it was time to point at his own jersey. <laughs> oh, I think Brad Miller's had some pops, eh? Yeah. Give it up, Brad yeah. Miller! <laughs> yeah, he was having a fun time. He had to be there to see the beef from Rudy mm. Gobert. Not mm. a surprise. Mm. I didn't know that me and Brad Miller have the exact same look going on right now. Yeah. Long and scumbaggy. <laughs> loving it. Yeah. Just seeing that, I want Brad Miller on Survivor so bad. Uh, sure. Like, he looks like he would just be a, a fun character to have out there on the island. All right. Do you, Brad do you associate Brad Miller firstly with the Kings? I mean, is that the first team? Uh, I, I do, but Trey may Because he was an all-star I mean, with for me. All -star with two different teams, two other teams as well. So, you know, I wonder if it's the Pacers or the Bulls. I think it's one of those two more so, but uh, maybe uh, maybe just the Kings is where he made his uh, made his name. Uh, I don't know. Did he make his name? Uh, yeah. I, I think he made his name with the Pacers, I would yeah, say. That yeah, was her, yeah. His first all-star appearance was with the Pacers. Yeah. His next one was with the Kings. And then probably his like his best playoff moments were with the Bulls in 09. But uh, it's right. going to be tough when he finally yeah. makes it to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Which jersey are they going to play? <laughs> That's right. yeah. Which cowboy hat is he going to play? Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What a clip. Brad Miller making a Monday no-dunks here. It's already a classic. Uh, I got a couple other uh, a couple other sort of mini winners of the weekend, whatever you want to call them. We can fly through them. Uh, despite his team losing last night, I think John Morant is a winner of the weekend. Uh, holy crap. I hope you watched the Grizzlies Lakers last night. 40 points, 10 assists for John Morant. He is uh, on fire to start the season here. He's averaging 35, 8, and 4 through three games, 58% shooting, 44% uh, from deep. He had five threes last night. He was attacking the rim. A million more highlights, Lily. Now, now, yes, like I said, came in a loss, and even worse than that, oh, had a chance to tie it up uh, with three free throw attempts, hit the first two, Lee was loving it, and then uh, he missed the third one, unfortunately. He was uh, obviously pretty pissed about that. But this guy, you know, Sam Pincini, he said on Twitter, I saw, that was a John Morant superstar game. And it's like... 
a lot of people know about John Morant, but if you're not watching him, you have to start watching Grizzlies games because I feel like every third play, Lee, is like a top mm. 10 worthy highlight. It's, uh, I mean, layups, and and now he's added the three-point shot, at least early in the season. That's like, he's playing at a different speed than other legends right now out there with LeBron and AD out on the court. And uh, he looked like the best player for a good chunk of that game. Yeah, and it isn't just highlights. It isn't just like, oh, wow, look at what he's doing out there. It is leading his team to victories or close enough to it as it was there last night. Mm-hmm. He's kind of a bit like Stacey Orgman with Kyrie Irving in the air there until he jumps. But that's not like he doesn't get to the peak. He sort of comes down and he can throw the ball underneath the opponents. Uh, He's just got such uh, ability to hang in the air, but control his body as well. That contortion that he can do, like defenders can jump, but he can sort of split through them in the air Mm -hmm. and still get a nice finish off around the rim. He was unbelievable last night. And uh, yeah, I felt bad for him. I wasn't, there's no way I'm tweeting practice your free throws for a guy who's had such a game like that. And he stepped to the line and he knocked down the first two, the most important two, of course, because he gave himself a chance there just went a little heavy on that third one but uh my god every time he seems to make a play you're right there it's like wow that highlight reel steal that highlight reel pass that he does there uh he's so much fun to watch and and again him and jaron jackson jr it's so important that he's healthy because he's such a difference to that team that morant can fire it out to guys who can knock down shots and uh i i think the grizzlies are legit here i think they you know not legit as a contender right now but certainly a playoff team i'd be i'll be shocked if they don't finish in the uh one of the top eight spots at least uh because they look to me like a a real team at both ends of the floor they should have won this game last night i'm Mm going to say they should have early on they had a big lead. They were up about 10. And then they had four or five plays where they just couldn't score on, on makeable baskets. Now, it's only the first half. Of course, you can come back and win. But the Lakers, I didn't think, outplayed the Grizzlies last night. I just think the Grizzlies just couldn't, didn't, didn't quite have the polish. They had it on Friday against the Clippers in another incredible performance there from Ja Morant. So uh, they almost came away with a perfect weekend there in Los Angeles. Just fell short right at the end. Yeah, I sort of wish they had won that game last night because then we'd have John Morant and the Grizzlies 3-0 and then you pair it with like what's going on in Charlotte with LaMelo Ball and the Hornets 3-0 because the league pass is like, they're all in on those two guys. I saw this on uh, NBA.com, you know, telling everybody to get league pass or that it was still free and sign up and like, okay, we got LeBron, KD, Embiid and Steph Curry and for those listening, I'm showing a graphic here. And then we got John Morant and LaMelo. I mean, the league knows what's up with these talented guys, these young guys in leading their teams. But what did you think of uh, John Morant or the Grizzlies sort of NBA weekend there? Yeah, John Morant has been doing it for his two years in the league and now his third year here. Uh, Maybe flew under the radar for every NBA fan out there, especially with what's been going on the last couple of years in the NBA. But from the moment he took the floor... Uh, he's been doing it and they they were playing tournament two years in a row and we should expect them to grow. And Mm -hmm. it was a really great moment Saturday night when John Morant got into the lane and passed out to Jaron Jackson Jr. for the game ceiling three. That's their future right there. That's their one, two future. And he could have easily shot again because he's been finishing like, I think like a young Derrick Rose, I think is the best comparison. It just feels so much like him just Mm -hmm. hang in the air, do whatever the heck he's got to do to get it up on the rim. But the three has come, so early in his career, unlike Derrick Rose, I don't know how how it's happened, but yeah, that he's grown so much. It's uh, it's it's fun, but you know that's a tall task to have them beat both LA teams, and they almost did it on back to back on the road, and it was so so close. And yeah, just uh, just a little rim there for for John in the end there, but he looked calm, collected, and that's who he is. And the and the Grizzlies are. 
they're taking it slow. They could have easily, you know, kept guys around, paid guys, paid like Jonas Valanciunas, that type of thing. But uh, they're in this for the long haul. And, uh, you know, the casual fan may have not noticed that they're a playing tournament team the last couple of years, but it's hard to be in the playoffs in the West. There's just so many freaking teams, but they're coming for it. No yeah. doubt. Jaw's too good. And they still don't even have uh, Dylan, Dylan Brooks. Mm-hmm. Uh, most I don't know if he's going to be getting his spot I know. back, though. Desmond <laughs> yeah. Bain was great this weekend. 19 against the Clippers, 17 against the Lakers. Hit four threes in that first game. Almost 50% shooting from the field. This guy is solid, too. Mm-hmm. Seems to me he can make some more plays off the dribble if you're comparing him to Dylan Brooks. But I don't know. It'd be nice to have the choice between the two of them. You could probably play both of them together since they're decent enough shooters next to Ja as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the comparison to Young D Rose with Ja Morant the way he finishes. I know a million times we've said uh, like Young Penny Hardaway too. Like at least in terms of like just his ability to control himself in the air, he's just super athletic. And again, he was just playing at a different speed than everybody, uh, especially in that last uh, last night's game there on Sunday night. Even though the Lakers did get the victory, so so good for them. Uh, a couple other ones here uh, from that game. We had some legendary milestones to throw a to throw a winner on. Mello, Carmelo Anthony, he passed Moses Malone for ninth place on the NBA's all-time scoring list. Crazy game from Mello, six threes. <laughs> I mean, they needed every one of those points, I think, from Carmelo last night to get the victory over the Grizzlies. So that's huge. Um, it may not happen this season. I think it's unlikely, Lee. But I was looking at the numbers. He's within striking distance of eighth place, uh, which is Shaq, mm-hmm. which is wild. He's like 1,200 points behind him. So if you did the math, uh, you know, if he played every game for the rest of the year, probably unlikely. But if he did, he'd have to average around 15 points per game. I think it's possible, but, you know, he's in the reserve role. So he's going to have games where he probably doesn't go off for 20-plus or anything like that. So maybe if he plays another year, he passes uh, the big diesel there. Other than that, I think that's where he's going to finish. I don't think he's catching um, – who's ahead of Shaq off the top of my head? Is it Wilt? Uh... Might be Wilt. Um, so he's not. He's too far behind, though. So that's not going to happen. But that's fine. He's going to finish ninth or eighth when he retires on the NBA's all-time scoring leader list. And another milestone from another top 75 guy. On Friday night, Chris Paul became the first player in NBA history to reach 20,000 points and 10,000 assists. First player to ever do that. I know Oscar Robertson was close. I know John Stockton was like a couple yeah. hundred points short. But Chris is the first one task. He's fifth all-time in assists right now. And he's the 47th player to hit that uh, 20k point plateau. That's a pretty, that's a pretty amazing milestone when you think about it. 20k yeah. points and 10,000 assists. It's good he hit some milestones because I think people, uh, yeah, I know he may reach his first NBA final, but how good he is kind of just it does kind of fly under the radar a little bit with a lot of fans. Like how amazing he was just because he didn't have a lot of playoff success. So I like him hitting some some threshold. Also great for Clay Thompson to be named the 77th <laughs> best NBA player in NBA history. Yeah, that was weekend. nice. That was funny. Uh, the, the Warriors having some fun because Clay said, he went on Instagram and he said, well, I woke up today and I thought I was part of the top 75. The Warriors presented him with a jersey that had number 77 on the back. He had some fun. You think if the Lakers did that to Dwight Howard, he'd have fun with it? <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, no. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he might drop a big fart once he was given that jersey. They should have um, Anthony Davis present that to him. Ooh. Well, maybe that was why they got into it on Friday night. Maybe that was the joke that AD said. I, I saw Trey. I saw Trey tweet that. Yeah. That was everywhere. Yeah, was major everywhere. numbers, man. Major <laughs> numbers on that tweet. Here's the crazy thing, though, with the Clay Thompson jersey. Why didn't they get him a real jersey? <laughs> they gave him a practice jersey. Yeah, that's true. 
It's true. I mean, I Lee know. Ellis came in, shot three pointers for a whole day. They gave him an entire uniform. So I know they got him sitting around there. <laughs> Did he practice in it or something? Was that part of the oh, yeah. He was, maybe, he was working out in it. Yeah. 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 yeah, maybe that's why. It had to be a practice jersey. I don't know. I don't know. Was it, was it confirmed that Draymond Green did it? Or, no, or was it no, Curry I or was it a bunch of them? Or Nick Friedel tweeted something yesterday that, that Clay was the one who actually uh, said, what? hey, make me a jersey. Yeah, yeah. I think it was. Let me just double check because I saw that. Hold on, hold on. I think it was Draymond Green. That makes this story a lot weirder. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Let me just check if it was Nick Friedel there. Uh, let me see. While you're looking yeah, that up. Wait. Wait. Yeah. No, while you're waiting that up. Um, just a little love to some of the rookies in the league uh, who are killing it here. Specifically, Jalen Green, um, last night on Sunday, 30 points. His first, like, real big scoring explosion. He had struggled for his first couple. But 30 points, hit eight three-pointers, franchise record there. So it was nice to see him pop off. Davian Mitchell had his best offensive game, 22 points, uh, four assists in a loss to the Warriors. I mean, that's the best offensive game. He's already a defensive star. <laughs> like, I uh, love the nickname off night. He is fun as hell to watch. Go watch the highlights of him uh, locking up Donovan Mitchell a few times from the game prior. But good game from him. Mobley for the Cavs. Tass, you keep tweeting about the Cavs. I don't know what your engagement like is on those tweets. But, not uh, good. Not great. But, <laughs> no. hey, this guy's averaging 15, 8, and 3. Four steals, seven blocks total. I mean, like, he's doing it all. He might be the Cavs' best player. Already? Yeah. No, go with it, man. It's in I mean, play. You know, <laughs> it's in play. Sexton has been playing well, but yeah. Yeah, yeah it's in play. Uh, and then uh, Chris Duarte and, and Scotty Barnes, just to uh, wrap up my rookie talk here. You know, they lead rookies in scoring. Barnes had a huge one uh, on Friday night, I guess it was. He had a monster game for the Raps. So good stuff there from the Rooks. Okay, Lee, what do you got? What's, what's yeah, so the story? Nick Friedel tweeted this yesterday. He said, Kerr said, from what he understands, it was actually Clay, with the help of equipment man Eric Halson, who had the number 77 jersey made yesterday. So, so it was huh. Clay's idea. That's really weird, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's still funny. Yeah, but less funny. <laughs> Almost more funny. <laughs> he's dissing himself and he's like... I mean, it would have been much better if it, was, if it was Draymond and Steph who said, here you go, buddy. And he was like, sure, I'll wear that around. Why yeah, not? But, yeah. Uh, hmm. All right. Yeah. Okay, oh, well, well uh, it's Clay. He hey, just just quickly, uh, just to go back there to the Chris Paul thing, yes, it is incredible. The first guy ever, 20 and 10. LeBron will get there, yeah, and in yep. fact, LeBron will be the first ever 30 and 10 because he's already at the 30,000. And then Russell Westbrook is the only other guy I think can actually crack it because he's about 2,000 assists behind. Okay. I think I think Westbrook can get that before his career is done. Other than that, I don't think anyone else is going to get there. Lowry's, uh, Lowry's at 6,000. He's not going to get it. Uh, no. James Harden, I suppose, could. He's at 5,700. Uh, depending on how much longer he goes, but um, okay. yeah, pretty uh, pretty good stuff there from Chris Paul. Yeah, I mean that really drives home how impressive that is. That yeah, <laughs> nobody's done it, and even you're saying, you know, outside of LeBron, uh, eventually reaching that, maybe yeah. one or two other guys, and that's it. That that's yeah. that's pretty amazing stuff. Okay, especially for LeBron, considering you know. We know passing is his. Uh... <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, come on, complete it. Passing is his best skill, isn't it? <laughs> well, passing, no. scoring, and listening to rain falling on yeah. leaves to fall asleep. Uh, that's a nice segue there, Trey. Uh, that's our NBA uh, weekend winners. We're going to take a quick break and then get to our losers. Got to pay the bills here. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Losers of the NBA weekend. Tass, we're going to start with you on this one. Uh, who are you going with? Which team? Which player? The New York Knicks. They got bing-bonged by oh, the Orlando geez. Magic. The Magic used the Knicks' own fans against them this weekend. <laughs> we showed you that great Knicks video on Friday. Their fans going uh, crazy outside the arena. They're celebrating, going bananas. Yep. One of the great fans out there ye- yelled, <laughs> bing-bong! Uh, so after the Magic... Bing-bong! There he is! Then <laughs> uh, after the Magic beat New York on Sunday... They tweeted a screen cap from that video of a guy with an L on his forehead in the caption from the video, bing bong, right in your face, right back in Nick's fan's there face. Is. There it is right there. You got bing bonged. Uh, that's, the, that's the Baba Booey guy, as we've called yeah. him, I think. Not the bing bong guy. So many characters. Drop so many meal. characters. I mean, now the, the characters are melding. They got a bing bong caption with the Baba Booey guy. Uh, World Wide Web with the suggestion there. And uh, it's, it's, it was a rough night on Sunday. You know, there are a lot of good teams that... They drop a game after having a good game. We're watching it throughout the league. The Hawks played the Mavs easily on Thursday, and they go and drop one against the Cleveland Cavaliers. I think that was that's what happened to the Knicks. They had a couple wins, beat the Celtics, then they beat the Magic, and then on the second half of their home-to-home on Sunday in Madison Square Garden, it was the Cole Anthony show for much of it. 29 points for Cole Anthony. It was just getting to the rim way too easy. They, they, they took a chill pill. Listen, it's hard to come out of the gate streaking, so it's it's fine that they lost this game. But Cole Anthony was doing everything. 29 and 16. 16 rebounds. Mm-hmm. 8 assists. Mm-hmm. And 5 threes. Terrence Ross had a 22-point fourth quarter. And then Mo Wagner, his brother Franz may be starting over him. His brother Franz Wagner is starting for the Magic. Mo's coming off the bench. Mo Wagner may have only gone three of nine, but he threw one down on Obi Toppin with a big jam, just a one-on-one. I'm going to take you to the hole and just jammed it on him. Uh, so, yeah, that was, a, that was a magic moment. I mean, I, I wanted to bing-bong the Knicks because they are the Knicks for sure, but I also wanted to give love uh, to the Orlando Magic. We got one more bing-bong in us. I'm not clicking it. Somebody somebody click that bing bong for me, please. <laughs> somebody bing that bong. Bing bong. There, there we go. There uh, so, yeah, the Knicks, they got, they're two and one. They're fine. But uh, if, you, if, you, if you're not paying attention, you might get bing bonged just like that. So, nice. nice. Whoa, Baba Booey. <laughs> yeah, that, that, uh, that was a stinker, I say, for the Knicks there yesterday. They were 12-point favorite coming into that game. Looked good in the first half, but uh, it just fell apart for them in the fourth quarter. And considering that's only their second home game, you know, because they had this super impressive victory on Friday night against uh, Orlando down there. 
I think they just thought Orlando's not going to fight this one out. They're going to give it up. And uh, that did not happen. Terrence Ross, I mean, it's credible, really, that this guy's still only on his second team, isn't it? You feel like a guy like him would have been traded multiple times right now because he's a bench player. He can score. He can light it up. He's, he can offer, like, a playoff team, I think, something. So I'm going to say right now I think Terrence Ross is on a different team come trade deadline because uh, mm. I don't think the Magic make the playoffs, and I think Terrence Ross would be a nice uh, a nice asset to have on a team that needs some scoring pop. Uh, I watched that entire game. You know, the Magic, like you said, especially led by Terrence Ross in the fourth quarter, they sort of stole it from the Knicks. It was also a classic uh, Tom Thibodeau where he's, like, running with his guys a little too long, I think. Mm. Um, they looked gas. Uh, gassed his starters at times there, and I think he should have went to his bench, which they have a deep team, uh, and he needs to uh, probably get a little bit better, maybe uh, giving them some minutes throughout the game so his starters are a little more rested. But Mitchell Robinson, I thought, was uh, pretty, pretty good, and he got injured in this, and I was like, oh, God, not again with this mm. guy. But he came back, so that was good. They worked on his leg, and he seemed to be fine. Randall had a good game. It was entertaining. You know, we had that question about, do I go see – the, the Knicks and MSG play a crappy team, or do I go see the Nets, who are, you know, title contenders, even though they got off to a slow start? Do I see them play somebody? It's on the same day. We had that email on Beach Step, and this just, like, reaffirmed the Knicks' answer, or going to MSG. I mean, it's the magic. You wouldn't think it would be a great game. The place was going nuts. It's so fun. And I think they're my favorite team, uh, New York, is to watch on League Pass, too. Tass, you've talked about it, where during commercial breaks, they just stay on the arena feed, right? So you see the crowd, you see whatever weird games they're doing in the arena. Just the the the, the people in MSG, they're just so much fun. Every person they show on the Jumbotron is gold. Like whatever they're doing, showing off their Ewing jersey or Starks jersey or just going nuts. It's like so much fun. The commercials, the breaks, I guess I should say, are just as fun as the uh, entertaining basketball. So that was yeah. a good win for the Magic there for sure. If you ever miss New York City, you're just doing some people watching. You really While are. you're watching. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's, it's, Bing bong. Yeah, I like that guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, all right, let's go to Trey next. Loser of the weekend. Who you got? Uh, things are getting ugly pretty fast for the New Orleans Pelicans. We talked about the loss Friday night against the Bulls. Basically never close there in Chicago, but Saturday's loss to the Timberwolves might have been worse. Uh, the Pelicans lost this one 96-89. to Here's the big stat. They made 31 shots and had 30 turnovers. Not good math. This is the first time a team has had 30 or more turnovers since 2004. Carl Anthony Towns was in foul trouble for a lot of this one. He fouled out with about six minutes left. And the Pelicans just were not able to come back at all. Brandon Ingram has had a hot start to the season. He had 26 Friday, 30 against the Timberwolves on Saturday, and it does not matter at all. With Zion Williamson out, with Josh Hart out, they have no depth. 38 points combined from their bench this weekend. They're averaging 18 points per game off the bench. That's like a Jamal Crawford off the bench. That's a Jordan Jordan Crawford, maybe. On a good yeah. night, Jordan Crawford. On a standard night, Jordan Clarkson. Basically, they don't have anybody who can handle the ball and create for anybody else is the problem. Brandon Ingram can get his own shots, but he's not much of a playmaker. Uh, Devontae Graham wants to shoot threes. Kyra Lewis has really struggled. Nah has had some solid games, but he's not necessarily a playmaker for others. They've got the Timberwolves tonight, the Pelicans do. That's a good chance to get a win, and they should do that because 17 of their next 22 games after tonight are against playoff hopefuls. Still no idea when Zion Williamson gets back, but their season could be over in about two weeks here. Yeah, uh, Mario's asking here in the stream team. I think it's an interesting question. We'll go to you first, Trey. Like... (laughs) 
who's going to be the Pelican scapegoat uh, in all of this? Because this is uh, spiraling out of control pretty quickly, especially with no Zion. David Griffin? Probably. I mean, they're on what? This is Zion's fourth coach in three years. He hasn't played yet this season. Mm-hmm. And the moves they make do not look like they're paying off right now. It's not like they're going to fire their new coach in three weeks into the season. Yeah. So, I don't know. Like, what are they going to do? Trade Valanchunas? That doesn't really send a message. So, to me, it would probably be Griff. Yeah. It's Griff's team, yeah. It's his team. He's been there long enough now that uh, he could have made the moves to get make this team better. And, and you can't just, with Zion out, be like, well, the, the whole boat falls out whatever that means you know um the, the problem is the problem Dramatic, is they have Gra- grammarly's got you bro yeah i need a verbal <laughs> version of grammarly. uh the bottom falls out of the boat or something like yeah, that i was trying yeah. to say anyway uh but yeah they can't like you know your star players out okay but the team can't just be disgusting after that they need to have other players and i just don't think they signed Devonte graham with us and they just actually extended Jonas valentunas's contract so he's sure. probably ineligible to be traded there not that i think they would do that but yeah any any hired Willie Green so Willie Green's safe for at least the season you would think um, but again even if you do fire Griff right now that roster is just not very impressive and uh, yeah Zion's going to make a difference whenever he comes back but I think the Pelicans are looking right now at uh, maybe being the worst team in the Western Conference outside of Oklahoma City I think because uh, they, they just don't they just don't look and you know the Timberwolves is a team that they should be able to at least that's where they can maybe pick up a win but the Wolves they're 2-0 and and yeah they get another chance to uh, to beat the Pelicans tonight the Wolves have only played the Rockets and the Pelicans so far but they're a team that just has to get any wins and so mm-hmm. they'll be enjoying uh, seeing the Pelicans again yeah they need Zion back I saw Ziller in his uh, newsletter this morning right that since they drafted Zion Williamson, they're basically a 500 team when he plays. 40 and 45. I mean, it's okay. It's, of course, uh, average when Zion's out there. And when he doesn't, 21 and 41, which mm. is like a you know 34% win percentage. So not good and brutal start for the Pelicans. And like, like Trey said, not fun to watch even. I mean, just uh-uh. sloppy basketball. So yeah. rough, it's, rough start. Go ahead. It's strange that uh, Thomas Sadoransky is getting DMP CDs just not out there just to handle the ball a little bit. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm a huge Nikhil Alexander-Walker fan, but at the same time you're asking him to do a lot on that team. Sadoransky can at least facilitate a little bit. The, the thing is, I, I know – he didn't. He wasn't great in uh, Chicago last year, but the trade of Lonzo Ball to Chicago and what they got back in Garrett Temple and uh, Thomas Sandoransky is reaping absolutely nothing right now. If a guy is not playing out there, so I'm I'm a little surprised with that. It is fun to have a guy named Herb in your starting lineup. <laughs> yes, Herb, it is. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Herbert, please call me Herb Jones. Uh, but they're not guarding him whatsoever because he's a defensive player. And you know, it, it comes back to David Griffin. Unfortunately, he should have tempered expectations at the beginning, got out in front of the, the, the Zion Williamson injury and said, listen, he's going to be out for a while. And then there would be zero expectations. The problem is he didn't do that. He did it late. It was a big, big surprise at media day, even though he was hurt almost two months earlier. Uh, and now, yeah, they look 0-3. We expected them to be good because Zion Williamson, as he said, Skeets, you know, a 500 team if he was out there. I think the, the moves that were made – they shouldn't be much worse than last year if Zion Williamson is out there. I think they would be basically the same team, really, uh, if everybody was healthy. But now they're in the Western Conference, as you guys point point out. They're 0-3. Just talked about a, a team like the Orlando Magic that's got a, like, a lot of young guys. They're sitting at 1-2. and two. That's the benefit of playing in the East. 
there's still hopes and dreams of making the playoffs in the Eastern Conference for a team like Orlando, but in the in the West, if you mm-hmm. get behind, yeah, good yeah, luck. They could they could be gone in, in a few weeks. Totally true. We'll keep it moving here. Uh, loser of the weekend. Hate to pile on him here, but James Harden. I think we got to hand it to. Um, not playing well for the Nets to start the season. In three games, he's shooting 19 of 49, sub 39 percent for James Harden, and he's got 17 turnovers. And then. There's the thing that's getting all the headlines, and I'd love to get into it with you guys about this. He's not drawing fouls. He's only attempted nine total free throws through three games here for Brooklyn. Last season, he averaged over seven per game. year before that, it was nearly 12 per game. So this is Harden. He lives at the line. But Steve Nash says Harden has unfairly become the poster child of some of these rule changes with the non-basketball moves. Said he's still getting fouled, but the... The, the feeling is that the refs are like hyper aware when Harden has the ball, so they're swallowing the whistle. Um, now Harden, to his credit, says he's not really buying that as sort of like a reason why he's not getting there. You know, that's Nash going to bat for his guy. I get that. Though it is a little ironic that Nash was also saying last season that's not basketball when Trey Young was making non-basketball mm-hmm. moves to draw fouls against the Nets, and now it's his guy doing it. He thinks it's not fair? Okay, Steve. Um, but anyway, Tass, you brought it up early. <laughs> what do you make of this this hardened slow start and the whole thing with the, the rule changes? Do you buy it at all? Uh, is he just out of shape coming off an injury from last year? What, what, what have you seen from James Harden? Yeah, he has been just bad. Just not James Harden-like. And I think it's, it's him just getting acclimated to the rule and just not playing well because he's still an incredible scorer, but he's not scoring. And he's just plowing into guys. He had back-to-back charges at one point in the game. He airballed an open three. Uh, he's he's he, he was getting beat on the defensive end. Yeah, that happens. But he's just making mistakes. Like he he picked it up in the open court when he was dribbling. He just doesn't look like James Harden. I think he just kind of has to get used to the new rule because again, if he wants to score, James Harden can score. I think they're changing their offense, so it's out of Harden's hands a little bit, and he's just not comfortable with what's going on with the rule change. As far as the rule change goes, I. Th- think that's that's just gonna, the way it's going to be in the NBA for the foreseeable future you know if the refs keep it up and Harden's not going to get those calls in half court where he's it, we talk about you know you know going sort of horizontal into guys who jump up into the air once you pump fake there's that part of the rule but the part that Harden's getting screwed on is just you know stopping going around a screen the, the Trey Young part where you're going around a screen somebody's trailing and you just run into the the guy who's trailing just because um, you can't do that anymore, and I, I hope that continues to be the case because that's not basketball. So he's just not—he's not comfortable. Uh, I don't—I don't think he's—he's not—he's not, um, not going to the line because he's earning these calls. He's not earning these calls. It's the new rule, and that's fine. But I, I, there's there's two parts to it. He's just not being a good basketball player anymore. He's just not—he's not. We called him one of the best scorers in the game, not just because he went to the free throw line eight, nine, ten times a game but because he could score in any circumstance and that's not happening right now so he's just thrown off I think I think he just got to put the free throws out of his head uh, and just get to the hole and score and and they're trying to play this whole thing where everybody's touching it in in Brooklyn a little bit more Javon Carter's hands Patty Mills hands and Harden is not used to that so that I think that's a change uh, that Steve Nash has implemented uh, sort of differently this season and he's it looks ugly it looks like this guy should be able to pop 40 at any time TK, concerned at all with Harden's ugly start, if you want to call it that? 
I'll be concerned if it's still the case in a month from now because James Harden is a career 44% shooter from the field, but he only shoots 40% in the month of October. I think he's starting slow and certainly trying to adjust to these rules. So I imagine as he gets into game shape as the season progresses and as the referees kind of forget about this point of emphasis, which guaranteed will happen over the course of the season, Harden will be back. He's still making plays out there, but... It's not surprising to me when James Harden starts slow. I don't right. know that he's necessarily putting in tons of work in the offseason, but he's getting some fits off with Lil Baby. I know that for sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Lee, Lee, I also know you had the Nets sort of uh, as your loser of the weekend. I'm mm-hmm. sure Harden included in the mix there. Yeah, uh, I will say the new rule is working, and it's not just James Harden. Steve Nash should look around the league. Trey Young's not getting those calls, and Steph Curry's not getting those calls either, and those were the guys who were actually in the sort of uh, the thread there that the NBA refs put out saying, this is what we're not going to be calling as fouls anymore. And James Harden, I agree with what he said after the game. If it's a foul, it's a foul. Call it. Yes, I agree 100%, James. A lot of those other ones that you were doing in previous seasons weren't fouls. So I think this is actually great. And I will say, so far in this first week or so of the season, I am enjoying the game a lot more because the rest are letting guys play a little bit more. There is a bit more contact. There's a bit more physicality. Just because there's physical contact doesn't mean there's a foul. And I think it's a much better product when you see guys, you know, if they are getting into it a little bit, it's okay. And then when there is a clear foul, like an obvious foul, call those ones. But the embellishment is something that all of us as fans despise because you see a guy going in there and throwing his body off and throwing his arms underneath the other guy trying to get fouls. They're cheap fouls. They were fouls. They're not anymore. And I think that James Harden just has to adjust to that. He can still get to the line 10 times a game if he wants easily by going inside and, and drawing the contact, but he's not going to get it when he's he's trying to like get guys in the pump fake and then jump into them. So I think this has been uh, so far a very, very good adaption for the NBA to make to the game. Mm-hmm. And I think the next step is these uh, cheap sort of fast break stop fouls that uh, that are still happening. So they seem to be happening more so than ever. I don't know if it's maybe just as I'm more focused on it, but that thing drives me crazy now where a guy just takes the foul to stop the momentum. Right. But one step at a time here. And, uh, and again, look at Trey Young. He's being very uh, frustrated at the referees for not getting those same calls that he's gotten in the past. But that is m- much better for the game, I think. I'm with you. I'm also with Clarence, though. Watch James Harden score 50 against the Heat on Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'll probably happen. Uh, you know, he'll hit 10 threes and he'll have 15 assists. He'll just have a monster yeah. game because he's, he's that talented. But it has been weird to see the uh, the Nets struggle out of the gate here. Of course, there's no Kyrie even playing. So you'd think, well, Harden's got more to do, more room to operate. Uh, Going to have the ball in his hands uh, definitely more with no Kyrie there. And he's been bad. And we were talking about it like night one, I remember, Tass. But that was just like... He was throwing bad, like, oops to Claxton, and, like, the rhythm was off there. And that's fine. You're like, okay, that takes a little bit of time, and I'm sure it will come around. But so many turnovers, not shooting the ball that well. It's It's been strange to see from a guy who's on, you know, the top 75 list. But we'll see if he can adjust to these new rules, and I'm sure if anyone can, it'll be him. And I don't even mind Nash, like most most coaches would yeah. do, you know, saying the what, they're going to bat for their superstars. Like, oh, why? He's getting hit still. Come on, call the foul. And they're actually going overboard. They've swung too far the other direction because it's like, oh, he was known as the guy that always drew these uh, ticky-tack fouls or got really cheap with the way he put his arms into guys and, and created the contact. But it's okay. It's okay. I, I didn't realize that he's, uh, like John Legend, he's such a slow cooker as uh Trey put it in in October. Those numbers are, yeah, they're bad. I'm surprised because I, I, I always when we were at NBA TV, one of uh, my favorite graphics to put up was 
James Harden throughout a playoff series. Game one, game two, game three, game mm. four, game five. He usually would start well and then drop off. Right. Um, but in, in the, why I'm more surprised about this October thing is because last year, considering how he came into Houston, and he, and he went to Lil Baby's birthday party, right, Trey? Is that the, the, the notorious birthday That's party? Right. Honey dropping, buns. Honey buns, yep. Honey buns, yeah, dropping the chain for him. That, and he was at strip clubs hanging out, not coming into shape, but not coming into uh, Houston shape very well, into camp very well. I'm surprised he didn't do it this year. I'm surprised he just didn't. But he was injured. I mean, I, I don't want to make an excuse for him, but he was coming off an injury. I mean, he was like hobbling around. The hammy? Handle. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but he had months Sprain to too. get it well, right. Yeah, good point. Good I point. Thought he, I thought he'd bounce back. But anyway, he's a, he's a slow slow burn, I guess. Slow burn. All right, let's get to a little bit of news here, and then we'll take our final break, and then we'll get to a Tweet of the Night, which I think is a really fun one. Um, Bleacher Report has a headline for you guys. Tass, you can uh, handle this one first. The Hawks, Cam Reddish, being monitored. By rival execs. Ooh, trade rumors. People got their eyes on Cam Reddish. Um, should Atlanta Hawks fans be worried at all? Or what do you think about this? Well, GMs should be monitoring Cam Reddish. He's right. a heck of a player, and, and I get what they're thinking. It's a loaded roster. They can't pay everyone on this roster. Uh, but I think it'll change from this summer to next year. I think next summer the Hawks will go from a team that has too many good parts to paying the right parts and just lopping off those extra guys. And then Cam Reddish is going to stick around. They're deep. I get it. But Cam Reddish is growing. And Cam Reddish is uh, just just to you know, give you the background on him, 6'8", one of those wings that everybody wants. It's a, it's the commodity everybody wants. Can play D. And the offense he's shown flashes with on the, on the offensive end. But if you remember in the playoffs last year, he was shutting down Chris Middleton in, in those limited minutes, but he was hurt all year. And so two years in the league, he's, he's been in and out of the lineup, and I think he's got ultra confidence to score. So this is the perfect guy to keep around and the perfect guy for obviously other GMs to want. But mm-hmm. uh, I understand that if you're another GM, you look, and you, they're starting Bogdan Bogdanovich. They're starting DeAndre Hunter. Kevin Herter just got paid. So who will they pay? Are they going to pay Cam Reddish to, to be another wing? I think they will because – those guys I said that you could lop off. Danilo Gallinari is making 21 this year, but only a partial guarantee next year. Probably gone. Kevin Herter, they signed to that extension, but it's a decent number. It's 16 per year, and they've got the expirings of Lou Williams, DeLon Wright, and Gorgie Jang. So I, I think they're becoming you know, a team that can, can go from the good to the elite uh, because they're going to pay guys and not just be a deep, like a Memphis Grizzlies team who's trying to become this Hawks team. They can, they're going to pay Trey and Bogdan and Hunter, Collins and Capella. Those are, that's their starting unit. And then have Hunter and, and or, I'm sorry, Herter and Reddish off the bench. That's your top seven. Akongwu might join in. That's their eighth guy. They got draft picks. So now they're a top-heavy team. I think Cam is uh, the guy that they want to keep around. He was part of that Trey Young, uh, Luka Doncic swap as the other guy. I don't think he's going anywhere. I think they want to be able to say, we won that Trey Young trade. We won it because we got Cam Reddish. And he's balling. I mean, yeah. he's, 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 he's just ultra confident. I don't see how you trade him. I think you just hope uh, the, the numbers work out. And I think Travis Schlenk has done a really good job. The Herder uh, extension is uh, a good example of that. They got the dough to keep him around. Anything to add here, Lily, to your Hawks? 
Well, he did come out firing the other night against the Mavericks because he wants to get into that starting lineup, but there's just not really a spot for him right now. So he's going to do his damage with the second unit if he can. Uh, he's got a nice game because he's not just a shooter. He does get into the paint as well and finishes around the rim. And as Tass mentioned there, his defense was very impressive last season. So he's a two-way player. And really, Gallinari is the one. He's he's basically on the roster for his playoffs because he was good for them, that veteran uh, score in the playoffs. They don't really need Gallinari at all during the regular season. So if they can get off his contract, I think they'd do that first, but uh, I'd be very surprised if the Hawks made a move to trade away Cam Reddish this season. I think they uh, they worry about whether or not they can pay him at a later date because he gives them real energy off that uh, off the bench. One more piece of news here. I told you we talk Simmons on this show. Uh, Yahoo Sports. NBA PA's Michelle Roberts defends Ben Simmons and then calls out Sixers GM Daryl Morey. So she, Roberts did, urged everyone Trey to be respectful supportive of Ben Simmons as he sort of works through like this tough time, especially the mental aspect of it all. And then she called out Maury's comments when he was on uh, Philly Sports Talk Radio about continuing this standoff with Ben for the four remaining years. I mean, he basically said, uh, what did he say? He said, buckle in. And then we debated whether he should be buckle up. But uh, yeah, she's coming to the defense of, of Ben Simmons, like one of her players, obviously under the Players Association. What'd you make of this? Yeah, Daryl Morey did his job by standing up for the Philadelphia 76ers, and I think Michelle Roberts is doing her job standing up for Ben Simmons and standing up for all of us by saying, we're not playing chicken for four (laughs) years, Daryl. This isn't the first Austin Powers movie, and we're stuck with somebody getting run over by a steamroller. The thing I actually liked about this, because... Run it out of Ben Simmons takes, if I'm being quite honest. The yeah. thing I like, though, is the Sixers did seem more supportive of Ben Simmons than they have since he passed up the dunk against the Hawks last year. Tobias Harris said they're going to be giving Ben Simmons respect and privacy until he's ready to play. Joel Embiid, speaking at their home opener, the last thing he said uh, before putting down the mic was to give Ben support because he's still our brother. Probably too little too late, but I like seeing that from the Sixers more than I like blaming him for a turnover with four minutes left in a game. Lee, anything to add to this? You know, I always like to brag when I can about Australian NBA players. And on Friday night, two Melbourne-born number one picks could have been playing, but they weren't because they didn't want to play. I was very upset with that. So uh, Ben Simmons and Kyrie Irving are talking. Of course, yeah. Both born in Melbourne, both number one picks, and just not playing because they just don't want to right now. So Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a tough situation there. But uh, listen, Philadelphia, uh, they won yesterday against the Thunder, but should have won Friday night. Doc Rivers made two non-reviewable calls that I think ultimately cost his team, and he kind of threw someone else under the bus. Said, ah. It was the other guy who told me who should have told me to uh, challenge the cause. Like, I don't think anyone's ahead of you. No one's higher up on the food chain than the head coach of the team. You don't say. That. You, you should have challenged both of those calls. On on the, uh, one was on Kevin Durant, another one was an out of bounds, I believe. Uh, anyway, Sixers had that game, couldn't finish it off, and blew it. So they're okay right now. But yep. uh, yeah, they, they they're lucky they got the, that win yesterday against the Thunder. Well, let me just, let me, let me, sorry, ahead. let me just point out, you were disappointed you didn't see the Australia Bowl. I was disappointed we didn't see the Jalen Compost Bowl on Saturday oh. because Jalen Brown was out mm. visiting the Houston Rockets, oh, Jalen Green. Green. Jalen <laughs> Compost, man. Yeah. That would have been nice. Unfortunate <laughs> weekend for everybody here on No Dikes. Okay, let's take one more break and then we'll get to Tweet of the Night and our pick and results. 
You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Uh, back to the bing bongs really quickly the stream team great question from a lot of people there do you think mike breen will drop a bing bong instead of a bang on like a huge three from uh you know some knicks player this year and evan fournier yeah oh that'd be awesome wouldn't it oh man that'd be be amazing it would would be good i hopefully he does it oh man Wow, we have so much <laughs> Knicks material here. So. One week of Knicks memes is going to yeah. last us for the entire season. Yeah. I love it. It's great. Okay, so uh, maybe we'll get a poll up. Will Breen drop a bing bong <laughs> instead of a double bang on a you know huge shot from yeah. yeah Rose or Fournier or Kemba or whoever R J Randall goes on and on. Okay, let's get to tweet of the night. Mm, tweet of the night. Wow. Twitter. Yeah, tweet of the night. We're taking it down to Austin. We had an F1 race here in America on Sunday. Uh, Max Verstappen was the winner. Hopefully I didn't spoil that for anybody. But Shaq was there, guys. And we got some great photos of Shaq with race car drivers, F1 drivers. So this one uh, from Formula One at F1. Talent respects talent. It's Shaq shaking hands with Max after handing him the trophy. I love uh, Trey also tweeted, it does look like in this photo that Shaq is just picking up Max Verstappen by the, uh, just by the arm. Kind of lift him like a trophy. Yeah, exactly. So that's great. And then, uh, you know, it's the internet, so there was more fun to be had. Congratulations to Shaq for getting 1.5th place. What a drive. Because, uh, yeah, they put Shaq in a weird spot here. We got the three drivers on the podium, and they just slotted Shaq in between Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton. And he's the same height yeah. as Hamilton, who's on a podium. You can't really see it there. And, of course, uh, he's uh, getting pretty close to Max, who's on the uh, number one podium, which is even higher. Amazing. But... The best photo to come out of this, Shaq being there. <laughs> Even Formula One themselves had to know who did this. Somebody got to Photoshop uh, and just blew up. Well, they just shrunk the drivers even more. Look at the champagne bottles to the drivers. Oh, it's so good. But there's a giant Shaq and he... 
And Trey, I know you'll be probably talking about this on this week's uh, No Breaks episode, you and Graydon Gordian talking about the latest uh, in F1. And I hope you do 20 minutes on Shaq being there. And Chris Bosh was there. I oh, saw him man. Yeah, on the uh, starting grid, I guess they talked to him. It was amazing. Yeah, we showed uh, like the liveries of Formula One cars yeah. done up like NBA teams last week. But there was a ton of like NBA activations there in Texas this weekend. There was like an hour long pregame show before the race. Yeah. And it was just like seeing random basketball players walking around being, you know, twice as tall as all the drivers out there. So I don't know. It felt like a super party down there in Austin, Texas. And a lot of it was around the NBA. And there were some hilarious moments, Lee, with Daniel Ricardo. It felt like every time that they had him talk to a camera, he was doing a Southern accent, like, <laughs> like a cowboy's accent. Uh, and I don't know, but an Australian doing an American accent mm. to me is one of the funniest things. So, yeah, we got a lot of Formula One basketball com- uh, content coming up, um, hopefully Wednesday, 2 p.m. Eastern. Tune okay. in. Okay, excellent. Right. Uh, Lee, could you role play a little bit? Pretend you're uh, you know, at an F1 race trying to do a Southern accent, <laughs> taking in the sights and sounds? Uh, hey, Lee Ellis from No Dunks, what do you think about this, mate? Hey, y'all. It's great down here in Texas. Bigger, <laughs> Everything's bigger in Texas. That's what they say, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> That's sort of what he was. Doing. I just had a Not great bad. idea. Yeah, it's pretty uh, Ricardo. Hey, there's two. There's two uh, U.S. Grand Prix next year in the U.S. That's isn't right. there? In Florida and uh, and Texas. Yeah. Live show. Take the no dunks crew. Take the no breaks crew to uh, one of them. Do a live show out there. Oh, wow. You thought leaf cross- blowers were loud? Imagine Formula One <laughs> yeah. cars in the background. <laughs> well, they're they're more squealy than loud, though. I would <laughs> no, say they're loud. <laughs> yeah, they're loud. They're loud, but it's a different. It's that it's that high pitched squeal. That's uh, but it's 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 a more fun sound. The car zipping past you than just the. Is that a leaf, leaf blower outside yes. my window? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I would agree yeah, with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. That'd be great. Head out there to Texas. All right. Have some steak. I don't eat meat anymore. Come on, but, add know. a little twang to your voice when you say that. <laughs> some steak. Uh, yeah, yeah I saw Ricardo wearing like uh, I guess it was um, uh, the the University of Texas basketball jersey. Trey, did you see that? He was rocking that. Tucked around. in. Yeah, tucked in. Uh, it was a party. I think they said four hundred thousand people total over the weekend attended uh, the F one uh, events leading up to the race. Crazy. Hot as hell though out there, Tass. Oh. <laughs> So many pit stops. I can't wait to hear Graydon and uh, Trey break it all down there on Wednesday. Yes, 2 p.m. Eastern, hopefully, here on YouTube. And no breaks right now. It is in the uh, No Dunks feed, so you don't got to go anywhere. Just make sure you subscribe to us on uh, podcasts and YouTube. All right, let's get to pick'em results from Friday night, brought to you by BetMGM. It was the Suns-Lakers game. Lakers were favored by one and a half, and uh, didn't go well for L.A., nor did it go well for Tasserai because we had them covering. Suns crushed them. You know, we had AD and Dwight just pushing each other on the bench. So that's a victory for Lee, 3-1. and one. Trey, 2-2. Two and two. Tass and myself looking like James Harden here to start the season. 1-3. and three. Not great. Um, but what's tonight's game, uh, Tass? We got a lot. There's like, I don't know, it was like eight or nine games on. But it was a no-brainer for this selection because mm-hmm. the Bulls are visiting the Toronto Raptors. Oh Toronto plus two and a half. Uh, so a close line, I'm a little surprised. Yeah. Got the unbeaten Bulls playing the Toronto Raptors, who just gave up a game on Saturday. Uh, so here we go, here we go, here we go. Of course, Skeets and I are taking the Raptors. <laughs> I mean, like, we have to, don't we? Yeah, 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 like, yeah I, I wasn't super confident with this no, one. No, nor was I. 
of course, we're taking Trey, obviously taking the Bulls. And I wanted to ask Lee, as the, the most neutral observer mm. of all of us homers, uh, why did you take the Chicago Bulls? Well, so the the Raptors on Friday night were unbelievably impressive in Boston. A huge win out there, smoking the Celtics. And then they just ran out of gas, though, against the Mavericks after leading that game on Saturday night. Uh, and the Bulls, the, look, they're beating the Pistons and the Pelicans. Uh, who am I missing there? Pistons twice. twice. Pistons twice, that's right, yeah. So not a super tough schedule to start. But you know what? They had 11 blocks in that win on Saturday night. Uh, so... The question about Chicago was whether or not they'd be able to play defense. So far, they've been really hot on that end, I think. Uh, <laughs> so far, if you only hard. play the Pistons. Uh, yeah, no. I know. I mean, no, that's I'm the thing. But uh, but I, Lonzo Ball had that uh, incredible yeah. block. Trey mentioned that earlier. That was unbelievable. But they're also, the Bulls are fun to watch. They get out and run. And uh, Alex Caruso and Lonzo, that's a, not a bad NBA jam lineup right there. Because those dudes are running oh. and gunning. And so, uh, yeah, I think the Bulls can... Uh, can get the win tonight but the raptors yeah they're a good team they're better than probably advertised and we make our picks in the slack channel and on friday we had a bit of a mix-up because of the, <laughs> the emoji oh, yeah. mr emoji lee ellis threw in a sun but trey misinterpreted the sun this time what did you go with lee Oh, come on, what's that look like to you? I mean, I, I type in bull, that pops up, I click on it. So. <laughs> For a guy that talks nonstop about Grammarly, you sure hate words. Uh, yeah. I'm I think glad. I'm going to start doing up our picks like this, though, Lee. I think this will be better. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Let the fans decide. What about that? I, I put the emoji in, and then they can decide what it is. But uh, I went looking for this as the bull emoji. It told me it was an ox. Oh. Is there a difference between oh. an ox and a bull? Mm. Well, hold on. I don't the, know. <laughs> uh, speaking of video games, you brought up NBA Jam. Someone can fact check me out there. Someone maybe older than me even. The old NES double dribble game. Remember that game where they did the cutaways to like the wicked uh-huh. dunks? I think they were called because they didn't have rights to NBA teams. I think they were called the Chicago Ox. I think you're right. I think so. <laughs> I think so. So, uh, all right. Ox. <laughs> Ox are back. Yeah, ox are back. All right, good luck to the Chicago oxes. Or oxen, I guess. Oxen, yeah, yeah, nice one. There you go. Grammarly. <laughs> okay, guys, we'll call it there. Thank you so much for joining us here. Shout out to the stream team. We love y'all for joining us live on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe and like the video and comment under the video and share it with your friends. We got to get to 50,000 subs by Halloween, which is fast approaching. Uh, email us your NBA questions for our next Beach Steppin' podcast. We'll hit the beach at some point this week, I'm sure. Send them in. No dunks at theathletic.com. You can hit us up on Twitter at No Dunks Inc. That's I and C. Or, like I said, drop a comment below the video if you got a question down there. And finally, grab yourself an athletic subscription. Let them know we sent you. Go to theathletic.com slash no dunks. You can sign up for a really good deal right now if you don't have an athletic subscription. Fun show, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, the sport that they play outside Madison Square Garden, it's not ping pong, it's... Bing bong! <laughs> Embrace the day, people.
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.